0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast.
1: Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit
2: Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com.
1: Good
3: evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 414. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and uh, we're going to talk some football because it's Grey great cop. Hey, uh, yeah I'm really having problems getting excited I got a bit of a stomach flu and I don't know whether I'm gonna chuck on my keyboard and I know that's too much information for you guys right now so uh if I fail and disappear in this show and uh, don't come back uh, Charles can take over and everything will be fine and you guys can talk football for the rest of the night uh I, yeah, I'm just not feeling very well and uh, I, there's no point in hiding it it kind of comes out and I'm sure you can tell anyhow um. Yeah, we got a Grey Cup team com- happening here. Two final teams, Hamilton and Winnipeg. Uh, both have not won the uh, Grey Cup in decades, the two longest droughts. One of them will end. Which one will it be? Well, I don't know. Uh, I know who I want it to be, and only because I cannot stand the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans right now. They are absolutely ridiculous. I'm getting emails from or PMs from uh Ryder fans and they're telling me, you know, that they they no longer can cheer for a Western team because they just cannot stomach the, the bomber fans and their arrogance and their their snottiness and uh and everything else about them. And I said, Wow, now you know what it's like with us dealing with rider fans all the time. And uh, I didn't get much response back from people. But in reality, it's true. I mean, we're just sick and tired of uh, – uh, Bomber fans are just acting like rider fans now. And it's it's just – it goes way across the grain. And uh, at least the Bomber fans have got something to be arrogant about. But they haven't because it's 29 years since they won a fucking Grey Cup. You'd think that that would humble them no it's not it's 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 going the other way and like they've got a parade route planned and yeah well and they did that at the beginning of the season long before they were even actually in the game uh but yeah they uh, winnipeg blue bombers have got to the big game and uh and they're telling everybody about it and making sure that everybody around them feels like shit because their team didn't make it that far and you know what i don't care It's football. It's a game. It's not my life. I don't revolve around it. You know what? Just finding time to do two shows a week is a lot challenge with my busy life. And I don't even get to go to the football games anymore. So you know what? Sending me a personal message telling me that my team sucks and that your team is going to the Grey Cup does not do anything for me, bomber fans. So bite me. Okay? I just, I don't care. I I may watch the game. I may not. Who knows? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch some of it, but not a lot of it. Because it's, it's a football game, you know? And it's the last football game, and we won't have more football until June. So, yeah, i got to watch football. Because so, that's what it is. Because is it June yet? Uh, that hashtag's a little bit early, but it's getting pretty close. Because right now, I really don't care who wins the game. I kind of want Thai Cats to win because I'm sick of Bomber fans. Oh, my good Lord. Uh, yeah, you know what? Phil was trying to get me to rant forever, and I, I can't. I just can't come up with anything intelligent. Uh, just So I'm going to introduce the boys, and we're going to go around the table, and we'll open up the mics right now. Mark is not with us tonight because, I don't know, he, is he afraid his team's going to lose? I don't know. He's being a pussy again.
2: Uh, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well, and if it were us, uh, the Riders in the Grey Cup, uh, and we weren't cheering for them, they'd be yelling at us saying, oh, well, you're just bitter and you hate us, blah, 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 blah.
3: And and they'd be right.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong, but... They're not wrong. I mean, I I don't... In all honesty, though, I don't... um, I don't have a problem with Riders not cheering for the Bombers in the Grey Cup. That's their arch rivals. Like, I had a tough time cheering for Calgary in the Grey Cup because, you know, I was never a Calgary guy, and I certainly wouldn't cheer for the Stampeders either, But or for the Rough Riders, I mean, but it is what yeah, it is. It, it,
3: it. It's kind of the lesser of two evils, in, in yeah. kind
2: of the way I'm looking
3: at it, right? And I, I know Will's kind of looking at the same thing. Well, he's a, an ex-Bomber fan, so I, I know he's cheering for the yeah. Bombers. And Bill's going to be the one that we're going to get asked the question. I think he's going to cheer for the Bombers too. I simply mm-hmm. can't do it. I just I cannot tolerate that. I I don't even know what, how to describe it. Intolerance yep. to others. True.
2: But yeah, you know, but for me it's kind of a it's a you know I like Grey Cup week, but it's kind of a sad week for me this year because I'm not in Calgary at the Grey Cup after being there last year, which was a lot of fun last year, and uh, I decided I wasn't going to go this year, and I'm kind of regretting it, but it is what it is. But at least I know yeah. I'm somewhere where it's warmer, because apparently there was like a snowfall warning there this week, it might still be one, I don't know. It's Calgary. It's wintertime. It's fucking
3: cold. Yeah. I don't want to be there. I mean, <laughs> the only Grey Cup games I want to go to are inside BC Place, mm-hmm. And I know it's very unimaginable, imaginative, but it's true. I don't like going to football when it's cold. I, I did that enough when when I was young at Empire Stadium. And, you know, mm-hmm. people don't understand how cold Empire Stadium was. But as I'm getting older, my tolerance to that is is greatly reduced. And uh yeah. D.C. Place indoor stadium, no problems. Uh I think the Grey Cup should be in Vancouver every year. Okay? And well,
2: I mean I Toronto still in, has an in- Yeah. What's that? They have indoor. I just remember back in like the late 80s, early 90s there were people talking because Montreal was still at the big O at that point. And there were people talking. They were saying, just rotate it between BC, Toronto, and Montreal every year. Because all yeah. three of them are indoor stadiums. Yeah, I remember that. But now Montreal yeah.
3: doesn't have an indoor stadium. Didn't it fall down or something?
2: It was No, it's still there. It's just a dump. And it's still a dump. It's Although still I think a dump, they right? Actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they actually ripped the roof off or they cut a hole in it or something. I don't think it's a completely enclosed stadium anymore.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then uh
2: and Toronto, well, they they're not welcome. So. so the Blue Jays keep them out of there.
3: Yeah, they're not welcome in in Rogers Place, so or, or whatever it's called, Rogers Stadium. Uh mm-hmm.
2: um, They told them to get lost, go to BMO and get fight with the soccer people. They basically said fuck off and die. Pretty Be much. Yeah,
3: and that—that's kind of the way that I—I thought I, th- I thought it to be, anyhow. Um. Okay. So, uh, William, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing?
1: I'm feeling exactly like you feel. How does that sound? I feel what? like ass. I feel you, like you want you
3: want to vomit, or you just feel
1: like I, you don't I, want to go I'm, to a cold show. I'm, no, no. I I feel like I. I need to take a whole bunch of drugs so that I can get through the weekend because my buddy's showing up tomorrow at eleven o'clock, and if I'm if I'm not my normal insane self, he's going to be very disappointed. So, um, I gotta suck it up, Buttercup, and and get over this real fast. So
3: yeah, well that's but, it. I've done a lot of drugs, and I'm kind of hoping that that's going to help. Yeah.
1: I'm uh, not, not, I, I am like you too. I can't sit in the cold anymore. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. Um, I think they should have the great cup in Hawaii every year. Okay. Right about now.
0: And, yeah. Uh, sounds that fair. would be
1: okay with Will. That would be okay with it, Will. Isn't and that I what they, they, they do l- with
3: the, the pro bowl?
1: Yeah. they get a lot more people. <laughs> At the Grey Cup, if they had it in Hawaii, I'm thinking, okay, yeah. the Ryder fans would still wear their green. And then I'm not looking forward to Friday because my my buddy from Winnipeg, who is all goo goo gaga about the Barbers being in the Grey Cup, bought us tickets to something called the Spirit of Manitoba. Oh yeah, and I got to go to. I gotta go to this thing on Friday afternoon from noon till five o'clock and listen to fucking bomber fans. Okay?
0: And <laughs> I'm I'm just totally
1: enthralled, but I'm committed to giving my buddy a good grey cup experience, okay? And uh I'm thinking I better not run into I better better not run into my buddy Chase thing because he's never experienced me when I'm grumpy, okay? And yeah, Chase, if you're listening, we I do. know you're a mid, I know you're a midget, buddy, so what can I say? Anyways, because apparently the Zanewich brothers are coming to the Gray Cap.
2: I heard that too. Who
3: who Jared and, almost, and Chase?
1: Jared and Chase. Yeah. Yes. I'm almost tempted to sell my Grey Cup tickets and buy a $95 ticket to the indoor tailgate party in the parking lot that runs from noon till midnight on Sunday. And I'm thinking I'll stay warm. I can drink some brews if I want to, and I can watch the TVs and live happily ever after. But once again, I'm trying to give my buddy a Grey Cup experience, so I have to go to the game. So that's what my life's all about. Just making other people happy. What do you think? You're you're my hero. I know. I know I am. I know I am. So, what can I say? I don't know. But of course, next year, about this time, we'll be talking about going to Saskatchewan to the Grey Cup, okay? <laughs>
0: I'm and so you
1: guys will be you guys will be calling me insane and I'll still go anyways.
2: I've considered going next year too actually, but we'll see what happens. Charles, have you ever been to Regina? I have never been to Regina, especially not in the winter. Charles? Yeah. Go to seven go to the
1: closest seven eleven by your house? Just like going to Regina, okay. Fair
2: enough. <laughs> well, I'm
1: sure Phil has something to say about that. <laughs> Phil. Uh, uh.
3: Yeah, it's Phil's turn. Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. What do you got to say?
4: <laughs> uh, Your writers did do you. it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that too much yet. It's a little soft, but. um, Your your comparison of Bomber fans to rider fans, I found really interesting, uh, Christopher. I think I I I only know three Bomber fans, you know, because my standards are are pretty high in in friendships and relationships. Uh, Apparently, yours are not quite as high. You seem to have a lot.
3: Well, no. It's just that, that. Well, I mean, everybody and their mother wants to be my friend on the Let's Talk CFL Facebook page, and they, they, and not only that, they just send me messages whether or not they're my friend, and and I get them in this, the the inbox thing, and whatever. Anyhow, just people like harassing me for some reason.
4: Like of three of my four bomber fan friends, uh, two of them are like Kirk Penton, you know. They- uh, writer for the Atlantic, formerly of the Winnipeg Sun, and uh, and his dad, Bruce Benton, formerly of the Winnipeg Sun. Um, other than that, I don't I don't really know people from Manitoba. Well, what about Mark and
3: Todd?
4: Well, yeah, I, but I have I've never
3: met them personally. Well, I'm not talking about people I know personally. I don't know these people personally. Shit, I don't even know you guys personally. No. yeah.
4: It doesn't mean that but I don't I, consider you friends. But I, I don't. I don't speak to Todd twice a week at length. I get to speak to Mark twice a week, a week at length, and I've been when? able to look look inside when? his brain. Mark's never
3: on the goddamn show anymore.
4: Yeah, true, enough, true enough. We've asked
3: Todd, we've asked Todd to come on, and he never comes on. Yeah, he's a pussy. I've asked Jared to come on too, but it, he, he's not very good at that either. He's scared. The big boy is a little little scared of coming on the show.
4: And Will's heading to Grey Cup. Good for you, Will. Good to hear. Um, I'm glad you're going to offer the Grey Cup experience to some of these Bomber fans. I missed who was coming out. But uh, Saturday afternoon, I, I actually have a plan to get out for the first time in six months. And I'm going to be in Ryderville at a, from somewhere around 1 or 2 in the afternoon until... Uh some friends uh probably will call me a cab. Yep. This, okay. okay, I can I'll, do
3: that uh, for you right now I'll, if you want your cab.
1: I'll make <laughs> I'll, a, I'll make a note Phil, I'll make a note of that and I'll come to Ryderville as well on Saturday. So
4: if, if you could, well that would be that would be fantastic. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I will do that. I'll say this is I've been to Ryderville when it was here in Vancouver. I was at Ryderville last year. Uh, in Edmonton, the, uh, Ryderville is a pretty good part. One of the better parties of the week weekend.
0: There's I found been that
4: out. There's been some great cups when I couldn't get into Ryderville.
2: Yep, I had that problem last year at the Spirit of Edmonton, which is always seemingly the one that's the hardest to get into. But I stood in line for an hour, still didn't get in, and uh, eventually gave up. Okay.
3: Well, um, anyhow, I got a couple of things to say. Will, or uh, Phil, you, Phil. Okay, congratulations on Emily coming home. Okay? I just want to throw that out there. I'm not going to get into any details, but, buddy, uh, I, that that must have been really heartwarming.
4: Thanks, Christopher. Okay.
3: I don't mean to bring it down or to anything tonight, but you know, I I just think that's a great thing. It's it's an awesome thing, and uh, cool. Okay, let's talk some football, shall we? Yes. Okay, while well, uh, I while I'm still here, so uh, Charles, as you kind of heard in the in the thing, I'm not feeling very well. So if I'm uh, leaving a hurry, you're gonna take over, okay, buddy? Okey dokey. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so far I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. I haven't eaten good. anything in a while and that's probably a good thing.
2: Say, keep the, keep going with that.
3: Yeah, I got well am drinking ice water, so oh, okay. stay stay hydrated. Okay. So, we have a Grey Cup game. It's coming up on Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, Sat Sunday. We have a Vanier Cup, and that's coming up on Saturday. Where's the Vanier Cup being held this year?
2: Anybody? Uh, Audi, Vanier Cup Audi somewhere. Is, yeah, I think it's is it in Montreal or in somewhere around I don't know if it's in now.
1: Montreal or some one of those places. Um, well, we could probably oh, Google that and find out. I am. That's what I'm doing. It right looks
3: now. like it's at Laval.
2: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
3: It doesn't make sense. Okay. I.
2: Well, it should be back, in Calgary. way back when be,
3: it should be in Calgary, okay? Way back when, when BC was hosting the Grey Cup, we also hosted the Vanier Cup. So the Vanier Cup had the highest attendance because everybody from out of town was in town, and they wanted to see another football game. So the Vanier Cup was uh, well represented uh, by all CFL fans. And uh, it was spectacular. And so Saturday is the Vanier Cup. Sunday is the Grey Cup. Should be in the same city. It should be in the same city. Putting it somewhere 100%. else just yep. does not make any sense at all. I, I, you know, I'm not a youth sports fan, but I know there's a lot of CFL fans that are youth sports fans. Why do you have to make a decision to go to either or? Why can't you go to both? Okay, hmm. that's. Just the way I feel in this one, I think the Vanier Cup should be in the Grey Cup City and uh, move it around. And, yeah, I understand that, it, that then it doesn't get to go to some of the lesser uh, cities like Quebec and, and you know, but so what? I'm sorry for
1: you, okay? Uh, move on. So, uh, yeah. And you know well, we what? Gotta... I, would, go ahead. I would be there in a second. I would be there in a second if it's mm-hmm. the day before the Grey Cup, whichever city it's in. Yeah. I would go to that game for sure. Because
0: every, every when year. you're
1: going to the Grey, I mean, when you're going to the Grey Cup, you don't do anything on Saturday afternoon anyways. You know what I mean? It would be perfect. Yeah. And they would have all-time high attendance levels. You'd
3: get yeah. big
2: crowd for that. Yeah, you
3: would. And, and, and I don't know what they charge for tickets to the Vanier Cup. I, I can't believe that it's very much. You could include no. it with your Grey Cup ticket. Yeah. Okay. Tack on another 50 bucks onto the Grey Cup ticket, include the Vanier Cup, and off you go. Who wouldn't go?
0: Yeah, I you're agree. paying a stupid
3: yeah. amount for the Grey Cup ticket now anyhow. What's another 50 bucks? Yep. So and especially if you're flying in from out of town, geez, you want to make the best, of, the most out of everything that you're doing. You have to do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm all, I'm all over this, but I, for some reason, the the powers that be in football land just are not doing it. Okay, so let's talk football, and that's uh, Canadian football, CFL football, and the Grey Cup is Sunday afternoon. And it is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Caps. And this is going to be in Calgary, Will's home city. Well, not home city, but uh, current home. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good game. I I expect it to be a good game. I I do consider these the two best teams in the CFL right now. Uh, Winnipeg was pretty much a shoe-in for this until they lost their quarterback. Then they finally found a better one. Uh, so they they actually seem to be the favorite in here. Although you cannot disregard the the what is it, fifteen and three Hamilton Tiger Cats, who have found this uh, Dane Evans quarterback. I mean, let's face it, both of these guys are going on their second and third or third quarterback this season, and uh, they're they're playing very meaningful football, very powerful football. So um, Will's going to go to the game. I'll let you start, buddy. What do you think is going to happen in this game? What do you got to say about it? And uh,
4: Um, I hope you're feeling better.
1: You know what? Let's face it. Um, Hamilton has been the best team in the CFL all year. Okay? Even when Winnipeg was hot, Hamilton was just as hot. Um, (laughs) Hamilton beat Winnipeg twice this year. The first game, it was close. The second game, it wasn't even close. I think it was like 33-13, to but that was Chris Strebler kind of, well, I think his first or second start after Matt Nichols got hurt. So the odds on favorite would say that Hamilton is going to win this game uh, pretty easily because they've handled the Bombers pretty easily. But the only thing I can think of is they have not played Hamilton with Zach Claris as the quarterback. And well, that not many
3: teams makes
1: have No. And that and all the teams who have played Winnipeg with Zach Claris as the quarterback have lost. And they have the ability to stretch the field now because he can throw a ball more than 40 yards or 30 yards. Um and I and I think the team is behind him and I actually think he's finally found an offensive line that can protect him. So, so why does
3: he want to go to Toronto in the off season?
1: Because he loves Toronto. Everybody loves Toronto for some reason. I don't know. I've never been to that city, so
3: Oh, fuck. I'd take Regina over Toronto.
1: Really? Okay, I'll remember that. Um, I've driven past Toronto. I've flown over Toronto, but I've never been to Toronto. Um, So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to win the game.
3: That's not out out on a limb. I think they're the favorite.
1: Well, I don't know why they would be the favorites because Hamilton's defense has been lights out. Hamilton's offense has been fantastic. If Brandon Banks gets five steps on you, you're never going to catch him. Okay, they've got weapons all over the place. I guess the difference is Zane Zane <laughs> Evans' experience Dane at Evans. quarterback. Dane Evans, his experience at quarterback is not that much. It's this season. But he's probably played in big college games. It's no different. But I'm going to go with, uh, what What was Mark's score, Christopher? Do you know?
3: Oh, did he give me a I, score?
1: Yeah, I think he did. it was 26-23, Bombers. 26-23. I'm going to go 27-24, uh, Bombers. <laughs> you cut him off at the knees Yep I did Wh- Who's going he's on He's a bitch for not being on the podcast <laughs> oh, fuck, And yeah you heard it here first Willie okay, is grumpy So he's going to say whatever he wants to Right now
3: Okay <sighs> I, 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 Okay just because just I posted it for you Did you go watch that chicken and a watermelon Thing No Okay, sometime, maybe after the show, go back through the – scroll up through the thing, and, and, and there's – I posted a video, and you have to – I posted it for you. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Um,
2: Charles. It's really weird because the Hamilton Tiger Cats finished first overall with a 15-3 and record. Yeah. Yet they're still not getting nearly the respect that they should be. Uh, I think I saw somebody—I can't remember who it was—reference them and say that they were the worst fifteen and three team ever. Look at the stats: highest scoring team in the CFL and the team how, that gave up the least amount of points in the CFL. How how do you say that they're not get they they're the
3: worst? 15-3 and three team in the history of the CFL. I'm not saying There's that been I said only it, three or four 15-3 teams.
2: Yeah. But I mean, they're 15-3, and three, 551 points scored, 334 points against, 9-0 and in home. I mean, this is a, a fantastic football. And a lot of people will say, yeah, they play in the East. Well, guess what? They play... Um, all the western teams too all five of them they played them twice um, i don't believe um, or they only had i think one loss to the west if i'm not mistaken i'm just trying to remember back to their schedule
3: well they were 7 um, 7 and 1 in division okay
2: so that means they would division. be 8, eight, so eight they and would 2 they would be 8 and 2 but so eight, they still 8 won. 2 against took, the west yeah so they still took 8 and 2 against the west I believe they beat Winnipeg both times they played them. Granted, the Bombers have played um, better under Zach Kaleros, no question. Uh, They went out and they beat Saskatchewan in the Western Final in a very tough game. They won into Calgary, a place that's traditionally not an easy place to play. But let's face it, the Calgary Stampeders this year were not... Uh, the same Calgary Stampeders that we've seen in previous leaders. I think most people would agree with that. The Riders, let's face it, the Riders could have very easily beaten them last week. The the Riders beat themselves last week. I'm sorry, I mean, they had chance after chance after chance to win that game and just kept screwing up. Uh, A better team could have beaten beaten the Winnipeg team. So it's not like they went and they blew out Saskatchewan They kind of, they won thanks to ineptitude on the Riders' part for the most part. Not saying they didn't play well, not saying their defense didn't play well, but that game was not exactly a a runaway win. It wasn't a blowout. It was a game they could have very easily lost, and it was literally down to the last play of the game. So it's not like they waltzed away with it. Hamilton got Edmonton in there. Now, Edmonton was not a great team, but Hamilton took care of business and stepped on their throat and got rid of them early. So they were – they did what they needed to do right away. Now, I I have respect for the what Bombers, what the Bombers have done this year. Uh, they certainly been rejuvenated since that Calero showed up. Uh, it just comes – for me, it just comes down to I still think Hamilton is a better team. I thought for the most part this season, Hamilton – has been the best team in the CFL, and I think Hamilton's going to win this game. I really do. Uh, I, I won't be shocked or stunned if Winnipeg wins it, but I don't expect them to win it. I expect Hamilton to win it. Uh, I think Calaris will help keep it close. I think the Bombers' defense will help keep it close. But ultimately, I just think that the when you look at the numbers and you look at how all season has unfolded, has unfolded Hamilton is a better team, and I think the better team will rise to the top this, this this week. I think it's going to be close for the most part, but I do think Hamilton is a better team, and I do think Hamilton is going to win. I'm going to pick Hamilton to knock off the Bombers 31-21. Awesome.
3: I hope that happens. I'm not betting money on it. <laughs> Phil Box fans, Phil Lay it out for us
4: First of all I want to thank Charles For his in-depth Thoughtful and accurate Analysis going into this game I, I particularly agree with him That Winnipeg You know although they played well Really fluked Into a Grey Cup berth In 2019 uh, well, I don't think they fluked game. into it. Well, that, you could that, play that that's game. That's not what Charles said. You could play that game ten times, and if the bombers played that game, the same game ten times, I believe the riders would win about eight of those. So, uh, it, you know, that's my my personal opinion. However, yeah. you know, the bombers maybe didn't maybe didn't have their hundred and ten percent game on. They had their they had their ninety nine or one hundred percent game on that day. And I think the, uh, Charles was also correct and, and, and as somebody else mentioned that the Zach factor was huge. Zach Claros let, let's face it, he is a Stamps killer. He walked into McMahon Stadium, defeated the Stampeders yet again like he did in 2018 in such convincing fashion. Um, you know, it, it, you could say in some ways all by himself, but uh, you know, he's got a pretty solid team behind him. You know, that said about the Bombers, that's about as, about as much good thing you're going to talk about Olympic. Um, The best team on the field in the CFL, week in, week out, has been the <laughs> Tiger Cats. Now that their quarterback immediately, I think after his, about his second start on, on this show, I was talking about his the fact that I really thought he was in the upper echelon, I believe is, is the word I used, of quarterbacks in the CFL at that time, including the uh, $700,000 quarterbacks in Calgary and BC. Uh, so for that reason, uh, well, and I also want to mention, I think this, this TICATS team is is the most dominant team I've seen in the CFL since at least the '16. 2016 and 2017 Stampeders Um, but you know maybe even more so except for uh, Levi Mitchell had already uh, established himself by 2016 where Dane Evans hasn't established himself as a name so I, I see this like the 2014 Calgary Stampeders on crack with an even better supporting cap so for that reason I'm going to take Hamilton 30 and Winnipeg twenty four. Twenty what?
3: Twenty four. Twenty four. You cut out there at the end, so um so. Wow, okay. So we got a tie. We got two taking the Win- Winnipeg Blue Bombers, we got two taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh hey. Just a second, guys. Charles talk for a minute.
2: All right, well, I'll talk. We're just waiting for CJ to uh, come back. I think uh, his grandson might have shown up there in the room there. Uh, hello, Jace, if that is you. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I just, um, I like I said, I won't be stunned. Oh, you're back. Now you can give your uh, game a prediction. Yeah,
3: sorry about that. I just had little little boys coming in here asking Papa to make popcorn for him, and I had to turn them down and send them off to talk to their mother. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. I, I, Winnipeg it was such a dominant force in the beginning of the season. You know, they, every, they thought they were going 18-0. They were going to do that that, that will prediction. I know that a lot of Bomber fans just had, right from the very beginning, thought that this was their year. And then Matt Nichols goes down, and they kind of went into the humdrum type of mode, and, oh, my God, this is doomsday, and what's going to happen, and... Now, it's not just the fans. The team did this, too. The team floundered around and uh, under uh, Strebler and yes, yes, yes. And then they signed one of the best quarterbacks the CFL seen in a decade in Zach Caleros. And uh, getting him up to game speed has been a bit of a challenge, but he still hasn't lost a game since he came on board. And that's – although it's only been, what, three games? Has it been four? games? Yeah, I don't think it's been four games. So, um, it's tough. I I think Winnipeg's a better team now than they were at the beginning of the season when they were absolutely dominant in this league. I think they're a better team now. But I also think Hamilton's gotten a lot better than the beginning of the season as well. Better with uh, Dane Evans than ever with Jeremiah Mazzoli. Jeremiah Mazzoli was never a playoff quarterback. And, uh, like I said, they're playing with second and third string quarterbacks right now. And nobody believes that they're second and third string quarterbacks, but they, they really are. And, uh, but they're all going to be first stringers next year. They're all going to be starters next year. That's for sure. I'm going to take the Hamilton Tiger cats and I'm taking them, uh, 28 to 24. It's going to be a close game. A little bit more than a, field goal but uh 28 24 is my hamilton score can i have a winnipeg score too no i can't do that. okay um yeah that's a tough one it's, it's gonna be a good game that's gonna be a dogfight, fight and you know what i don't know if we can actually say that gray cup games have been very good lately but uh yeah so let's see what happens so moving on because we do only have one game and we did talk about it for half an hour, but it's usually we talk about the games for an hour and then. But it's Grey Cup week, so I'm sure that we can pick up some slack and carry on, and you might end up doing it without me because I'm not feeling good again. Oh, um, <laughs> we. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos post mortem. What do we think about this team? While they were the crossover team, they made it into the playoffs. And they barely made it into the playoffs. Uh, There was a point in uh, two games out that it actually looked like it was going to be uh, BC Lions. We were making a run for them, and uh, they were on a downward slide and losing everything under the sun. They went, I think, five games straight in the losing column, and that's not good. They finished the season 8-10. and a uh, big question. Who's going to be the coach next year in Edmonton and why has Jason Moss not already been fired? Uh, especially when he comes and makes a comment to the media about, um, I don't care about my future in Edmonton. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, another segment in here. So we're not going to play too much on Jason Moss, but Edmonton Eskimos played a decent, had a decent season uh They had a Trevor Harris. They were Trevor Harris was not the hot, cold Trevor Harris that he has been in the past and which tends to lead that it may have been the Ottawa red blacks. But that being said, he wasn't, I mean, he he led the league in passing for a while. Uh You don't do that by being a slouch. He got injured. He got pulled back off this six game injury list to play, finish the playoffs. And, uh, he was playing hurt, and he never actually came out and did all that well. So, is Edmonton a better team than they were last year? Yes. Is Edmonton going to be a better team next year? Yes, yeah. as long as people stay healthy. They're they're not going to be an 8-10 and 10 team next year. That's just a fact. Uh, William, go ahead. Talk about the Edmonton Eskimos. I know you love to. And they're not
1: going to... They're not going to be an eight team next year because they're going to have a new head coach. But we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. No, you know what? Edmonton was not that bad this year. They have a, they have the key to every successful franchise. They have a good starting quarterback. Um, they got a pretty decent defense. Um, I think they have a young defensive line with the exception of Amondo Sewell, and I think they're going to be good in the future as long as they calm the fuck down, if you'll excuse the expression, because they were a little penalty happy this year, and and they did get your reputation from sacking Mike Riley 10,000 times, I think, in the three games they played them. Um, but yeah, Edmonton's in decent shape. I don't think you have to worry about them, but they definitely have to change the coaching and go from there. Yeah, I-
3: I think that's pretty much uh, a given, um, yeah. and, and they will do better. That's just a fact. It's just who's yep. who's gonna. I mean, we've got all these teams in the West that are just so close to be do, being dominant. How how does somebody squeak into that that picture? I mean, shit.
2: Okay.
1: Well, and and, and even if you look at all the teams in the West. This year and next year Because I think you can say it next year as well Regardless of the changes The West is going to be competitive again Big time
2: Yeah And
1: Mm -hmm. if you throw If you throw BC in there and they have a Decent year It's going to be even more competitive Than this year
3: Yeah I don't see them being 5 and 13 next year But who knows I certainly hope
2: not
1: God, I hope no. Mosh- Jason, Jason, Jason Moss will fix that for them. I'll get
2: out of here, Jason Moss. <coughs> <coughs> uh,
3: I that statement in itself wouldn't bother me if it didn't have so much force behind it.
1: Okay. It actually
3: so, could happen and that's going to make me so, sick.
1: So so before we talk about the other thing, I had a really 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 interesting 27-minute conversation with somebody today who I believe is in the know and what I'm going to tell you guys will blow your mind.
2: Go ahead. All right. Can I tell you now?
1: I go thought ahead. we were doing it yep. down the road. Please. Oh, go ahead. Please. Okay. You better tell so me now because
3: I might leave. You got to
1: give us now. Okay. So apparently, the CFL has not sold the Montreal Alouettes because, and this makes sense, because the the Montreal Alouettes were very popular at the end of the year okay and the CFL was making nothing but money oh. okay Six. so which makes sense so apparently they already have a fire lined up and that is going to happen but part of the package is Danny Machocha is going to be the GM and the head coach because oh. regard, regardless of what regardless of what we're thinking, Danny Machocha is not making that much money at the University of Montreal, and he's a power guy, and so that's what the person told me is going to happen in Montreal. so where does that put Kahari Jones?
3: I wouldn't be upset apparently with him that, in BC
1: that, Apparently, that puts Kahari Jones in Winnipeg as the head coach because Mike O'Shea is going to Toronto. Even if he wins the Grey Cup, he's going to Toronto, because as we've seen in the past, the league has the league has a way of making teams better and they seem to do it behind the scenes, i.e. the Ricky Ray trade many years ago, okay? I personally think that was generated by the league, um, and so that puts, and and I know what your story is, Christopher, but in a roundabout way, it's, it's a league thing, I'm pretty sure, um, (laughs) Now, so that puts Kahari Jones in Winnipeg, Mike O'Shea in Toronto, and uh, um, yeah, Jason, Moss, Jason Moss is going to BC. Yeah. And and what's his name from Ottawa is going can, to. Can, uh,
3: can Jason Moss not go to Ottawa? Please
1: yeah, put no, him there. He's not going, apparently, he's not. There's a possibility. They say there is a possibility. Please. Can I, uh-huh. pretty, um, pretty, way I
2: can help that pretty happen? I'm
1: willing to li- I'm willing to help and but what's his name Rick Campbell is going to end up in, in Edmonton that, but, that,
3: uh, that's a given we, I called that weeks been, ago we've been talking about that yeah, for a while but,
1: yeah but apparently he's got some pretty strong connections in BC as well Mm-hmm. and the other rumor I heard today and I don't like to say these things but Apparently, with the coaching staff in in BC this year, there was way too much pot smoking. (laughs) And there is way too much being players' buddies. Being players' buddies. Yeah. And if you think about the coaching staff and you think about this very hard...
0: Yeah,
1: you know what? it It sounds reasonable. It sounds reasonable.
3: Yeah.
2: It does. And I'm I'm not going to. And and I can't rule it out. I I can't
3: comment
1: on that. No, and that's just my thoughts. And you know what? They might come true or they may all be completely wrong, but it doesn't matter because we can speculate all we want.
3: I would love to to get Nick back on the show.
1: I'm I'm actually I'm actually hoping I will run into Nick this week when I'm doing my rounds of the Greyhound. So.
3: Yeah. Okay.
4: This is the most provocative show in a long time.
3: Provocative or insightful?
4: Well put. <laughs> well, the jury's out on the insights.
3: Well, I, I, honestly, I, I mean, shit, who, what What show, what program out there pushes the edge of the envelope the way that we do? Seriously, I, I don't know of anybody. There's, there's nobody out know, there that does I, this.
1: I was thinking the other day also, aren't we the only live podcast out there? Frank's. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore.
4: Doesn't, doesn't it? it? I heard, Frank's, I heard, no, I I heard Frank's talk.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty
4: sure oh, there's Oh, is those. that right?
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: I, uh, I, like I, think I don't know. I haven't talked to him, but I, I didn't know that.
2: Was he was he off no, the air? I think for he's watching? even
4: back on this network after after uh, advertising that he had left this network.
2: That's right. Yeah. But he come back. He was off for a while, but I'm pretty sure he's back now.
4: Oh, is that
1: right?
2: Okay.
4: Yeah.
1: Because he tried to do some kind of YouTube thing.
4: Yeah, oh. and got in a piss and match with the, the host of the network somehow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. No let's try that.
0: Well, hey, there's guess been what? a lot of and issues
2: I, with people trying to do podcasts on YouTube. And you know what? I might run into him this year
1: too because he was there last year, right, Charles? Mm-hmm. He was. I ran into so, him at the airport. And and also at where that were we that night? And, I yeah. think I think in the Lions Den he was there too that well, night.
2: Well, I remember I was at the
1: Argos party. I ran into him and Mike. That's Towns right. There. The, Argo, the Argos party. That's right. The one where S.J. Green was wearing his gray ring around a gold, yeah gold chain yep. around his neck, right?
2: Yeah, okay. that's correct. Yeah, I remember that. Got a picture
1: with only, me. only in the CFL.
2: Yep.
3: Wow. Okay. I didn't know Frank was off the air, and uh, is now back. So that would mean that we're the longest continuously running podcast. Is that correct? That would we be correct. In the in the,
1: yeah. in
3: the in the world.
1: Yeah.
4: In I don't CFL think about that. Well, CFL podcast. CFL podcast. In the world. In the world. In the world. 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 2.0, boys. Yeah. Okay. Wow.
3: Interesting.
1: Hey CJ, okay. should, we start our, should we start calling ourselves Team One Hundred and Fourteen?
2: I don't know, no.
3: But we could take a page out of the Americans and call us the we're, we're the World's Greatest World, champion. World Champions. Or something like that? Yeah, I'm yeah. not going there. Okay. Uh, anything else? Who, who's next? That was Will went. Uh, F- Phil, did you go? You didn't go on the uh, Edmonton Eskimos post
4: mortem. They're dead. Well, Anna. I had something really well worked out to uh, say about this, but I think we're going to cover the coach here a little bit later. Uh, am, I, am I right? Yeah, we're really going to really talk about the coach. About
2: Jason Moss, Yep.
4: Yeah. Okay, so um, let's think back to July when uh, a lot oh, of people, including myself, were anointing the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, you know, probably a second-place finish in, in the CFL West. The, the last couple of weeks in July, maybe, maybe middle of July to the end of July, that defense, particularly that defensive front four or six, they just looked unbelievable. I, I don't and think I ever happened? did that. What happened? I wish any uh, I wish I knew an NFL or sorry, an F the a, a, a uh, Edmonton Eskimos fan who could explain to me exactly what happened. I I don't follow the Eskimos close enough to uh have read what was it, Mr. Jones. Is it the uh, the the writer that covers the uh the Edmonton Eskimos? I used to listen to him quite a bit and, and, Harry and read him quite a bit. Terry Jones, yeah. And uh, I I didn't Maybe can anybody give me some insight into what really happened with the Eskimos, particularly on defense? You know, of course, the injury at quarterback, but but the defense didn't seem to hold up nearly as well in the second half of the season either.
2: It didn't, no. And that was their Achilles' heel the year before too, is that their defense wasn't very good. Uh, I don't know. I think their secondary just seemed to collapse because. They were still pretty good pass rushing wise, but their secondary just kept getting burned over and over
4: again. That's uh, that's a good observation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have anything more to offer on this. I, like I said, I, yep. I didn't. I don't follow the Eskimos as as good as probably any other team, with the exception of Ottawa Redblacks this season. Yep.
2: And the other thing that really hurt them was the. Uh, it didn't to other teams, but to them it did. Was when um, Trevor Harris went down with the injury. Logan Kilgore just uh, didn't cut it like some of these other um, backups that came in.
4: True, not not as well as they were moving that no, offense. And,
2: no, not even Trevor
4: close. Harris. Is, he's he's proven to be an incredible quarterback. At breaking his own record in that uh, semifinal game was uh, is phenomenal, and, and you know, and it shows that the first time around wasn't a fluke. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the kind of offense that's going to win you games with that, that deep ball a lot, but uh, it moves the ball and and retains possession for, is probably most important and uh, keeps your defense on the sidelines. It's, you know, it, it, it adds to a good defense. You know, and maybe, maybe I answered my own question there. Maybe what happened to the Edmonton Eskimos defense had more with Trevor Harris going down than it had to do with what happened to the Edmonton defense.
3: Okay. Charles, what's your thoughts on Edmonton?
2: Well, I do think there is going to be a coaching change there. I thought that since about the midway part of last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the defense just didn't hold up. um Trevor Harris going down probably had a huge effect on it uh because quite frankly the offense was on the field more often or was not on the field enough with Logan Kilgore and I think that defense just started to wear down uh they were um a defense that early in the season they were um very tough looking um I remember them really uh, giving a rough uh, ride to uh to uh, Mike Riley a few times. In fact, they're the ones that knocked Mike Riley out finally in that last game in Edmonton late in the season. Uh, They're the ones that finally finished off the job. Probably fitting because they sacked him, I think, more than any other team did because I think they sacked him like seven times twice uh, in a game. But um, I think, uh, like I said, towards the end of the season, that defense wore out because... Once Logan Kilgore came in for uh, Trevor Harris, they stopped moving the ball like they were, and the defense was just getting tired. I think that's a big uh, big part of it there. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think that they they got a lot of kudos from people um, in the offseason with their free agent moves, but the majority of their big free agency moves were all on offense. Their offense wasn't really the problem the years before. Their biggest problem was the defense. And I don't think they improved it anywhere near where they had to improve it. I think, quite frankly, they um, um, they improved it marginally. But the moves that they made in the offseason uh, just didn't improve it enough. And they just weren't a good defensive team. And, in fact, even though they made the playoffs this year and did not make them the year before... Their record actually got worse. They were five hundred last year. They were eight and ten this year. So, well, quite frankly, I still think they need to strengthen up that defense. Um, I think they got to decide whether or not C.J. Gable is the guy to go forward with because some games he looked great. Other games they barely gave him the ball. Uh, and yeah, I think they, they, their main part is that they still have to. Um, they still have to. Um, uh, improve more on that defense because I don't think they did it nearly enough.
3: Okay, yeah. Um, hmm. You're right. Their their defensive backfield was not very good. Okay, that's just a fact, and it hasn't been for a while. Their offense wasn't up to par. Is that going to be fixed with coaching? Yeah, probably. Do they need a better O line? Yeah, probably. Uh, I like Will's assessment of the linebackers and the D line. They're they're stable but young. Uh, well, not the linebackers so much, but the D line is. And uh, I think Edmonton's going to get to going to be a better team next year. They have to be better team next year. They can't continue continue to follow where they are. They're they're at they're basically a 500 team right now. And uh, yeah, one game off of it. Last year, that's where they were. <sighs> Out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, doesn't matter if you don't win the playoffs. Okay, postmortem of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, this team looked pretty spiffy this year. Uh, they came on really strong at the end of last year and uh, didn't quite do it. They were uh, dominant throughout a good chunk of this season, but not so much. When Winnipeg was playing well. So would Winnipeg have been the the better team this year than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Yes, they would have been. Are they a better team than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now? Yes, they are. What does Saskatchewan need to do to get better? Well, they got a year behind their rookie head coach, uh, Craig Dick. Uh, That's always a good thing. He didn't do poorly this year. Uh, Made some bad calls here, there, and everywhere. But, yeah, he did okay. Uh, Coach of the year? No. Uh, Made some terrible calls at the end of that playoff game. And, uh, well, yeah, they ended up first in the West. Will they be there next year? No, they will not. They will not. There's not enough in Saskatchewan to get to improve upon that's going to make them better than the teams that are going to improve on. It's always harder to improve when you're the best. Okay? It is. It really is. And uh, are they going to lose some people? Probably. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's my take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, they, they they played a good game this year. Uh, they got first place only because of uh, Matt Nichols getting injured. And that's a fact.
2: Charles, well, I think you got to give some credit to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because I think they shocked a lot of people this I year. I did. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you personally. I'm just saying in general, because I think a lot of people were expecting a, a, a lousy year out of the Riders this year. I mean, they had the uh, the coaching change at the end uh, in the off season. Craig Dickinson, a rookie coach, then they lose Zach Calero's week one. It didn't. Line up for a successful year for the Riders, but they pulled it off. They banded it together and pulled it off. Cody Fajardo emerged as a a bona fide quarterback. Uh, Their defense plays really well. Nobody. uh, Most people thought they were dead when Caleros went down. They were dead in the water. Boy, were we wrong. So you really got to give the Riders a lot of credit because they won the division which was a tough, tough division, uh, right from the beginning to the end. Uh so you gotta give a lot of credit to that. Um so going forward I think they've certainly got encouraging it's encouraging uh going forward. Uh I think they've got a bright future. I think that as long as they can keep uh a majority of that defense together and um, if Cody Fajardo can take another step forward next year, there's no lingering um, lingering issues from his late season injury, which I don't think that there are. Uh, I think it's going to be a um, they're going to be a very tough team again next year. Uh, I think uh, there's a good chance that all of the teams in the uh, Western Division will be tougher la- next year than this year. So, uh, but you got to think that things are looking up for the Riders.
3: Yeah, I love it when people predict things at the beginning of the season they say, that, yeah, the Riders are going to get to win 15 games and the Bombers are going to win and and the the wins don't match the losses You know, there's like 87 games in the season and yeah. at the end of that there's got to be 87 winners and 87 losers and it's always like 115 to 109 or something like that it, 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 Anyhow Kelly Bale did that this year and I like kinda had a chuckle. It, actually he he puts out some pretty good predictions. Uh okay. They just don't agree with me. What are we gonna do here? William. Scotch and Rough Riders, post mortem. Bury um, them. Resurrect well, them. What are you gonna you know do?
0: What?
1: I I've been listening to Phil all year long talk about the premier quarterback in the CFL, Cody Fajardo, and I haven't spent a lot of time watching him, but, you know, there's a bunch of things that he's saying this week coming out of Saskatchewan after he lost. And I I think your team goes as your quarterback goes, and I think Cody Fajardo has lots of character, okay? And I think he would like to lead that team somewhere, and he likes it in Saskatchewan, and he signed that contract extension, and I think he's going to get the opportunity. Um, Saskatchewan has a lot of good players right now, but they also have a lot of free agents. And two free agents in particular, Charleston Hughes and Mika Johnson. Okay? Charleston Hughes is the sack leader at 35 years of age. Do you think somebody's going to take a chance on him and offer him money? you think he'll stay in Saskatchewan? I don't know. Mika Johnson? He might re-sign with Saskatchewan, but I think he'll re-sign with Saskatchewan for a lot less money because they did not get their money's worth this year.
0: Um,
1: they have a good running back in Powell. They have a pretty stellar defense in general, and you know what I'm looking what I'm looking forward to this year is the teams in the West that were successful. I'm. Looking forward to seeing them getting raped in the off season with free agents like happens to Calgary on a regular basis, okay and and it'll be nice to see how those teams recover from stuff like that. Um, i I think Saskatchewan's a pretty solid team, and they should be pretty solid next year if they can sign free agents or replace them with other guys. We shall see what happens. Um, I think Jeremy O'Day is a pretty, pretty sharp guy. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's got to be a successful year for Saskatchewan. They finished first overall in the West. But finishing first overall doesn't always mean the Grey Cup. I just ask Calgary. Just ask everybody, and you can ask Saskatchewan now. There you go. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Phil, close it off with Saskatchewan. Where do you see? What do you see your team do? Where do you see them going? And what would you like to see them do next year? Well, Probably win well, a playoff you know
4: game. Eh? You, you know, Christopher, that I won't have much to say about this. because <coughs> um, you know I'm all not all that interested. But um, okay, moving you know, on. With uh, uh, Jason Moss. I, I predicted the, the Riders to be second in the West behind Winnipeg before the season started, and um, when Zach Caleros went down, I believed that we started we needed to start looking for a quarterback out there who would lead us to the 2020 Grey Cup at home. That 2019 was over, and I thought you know there's a chance that we might be able to find that quarterback by Labor Day. And when i seen Cody Fajardo perform a little bit early on, and you can't argue with 400-plus yards in his first home start, uh, that uh, he couldn't have carried the team for the rest of the summer until we found that, that guy. And lo and behold, the next week he comes out, and he still looks like that guy. And then he does it against Calgary, and that's not surprising. Calgary's got a pretty good defense and uh, good coaching staff. Then the next week he comes back and looks like the guy he was the previous two weeks or the first two weeks that he played. And lo and behold, I'm not even looking for anybody else. But I'm going to say something right now. In the long term or midterm success of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders franchise, it was a travesty that Simone Lawrence put that hit on Zach Galeros because that will hurt the franchise. Uh, I, I just believe that Zach Galeros could have carried this franchise further than, than Cody Fichardo has and, and can in in the next two years of his contract. Um, other than that, hey, it's true. They got a lot of free agents here, right? Will, and like like every CFL team, and I I, I mean I think they're just slightly above the average this year, um, but uh, they've got you know ten of twelve on defense are free agents. So it's it's going to be key that they uh, resign guys like Lewis Chespiritoi and and uh, you know and and. They're going to have to take a, a wait-and-see on Derek Moncrief and a couple others. Uh, I'm pretty sure, though, uh, Charleston Hughes, he, he's been telling the media, his if he has an agent, his agent is probably calling him and telling him to shut up because when asked, are you going to sign Saskatchewan again next year, he's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as for Johnson, yeah, he's going to take less next year, and you never know, it's just – going to be how uh, how Jeremy O'Day approaches it. Um, I, I suspect that uh, there is a good chance he might become a Stout Calgary Peter again, you know, as an underperforming uh, stamp lineman like Derek Dennis. Maybe he'll face the same fate. Maybe maybe Jeremy O'Day won't see the value in him, but maybe he will, too, because uh, Johnson and Hughes have a pretty good relationship. Uh, that's about all I got on uh, I'm probably boring you guys
3: uh, Yeah I was kind of sleeping but That's okay uh, I'm not feeling well Ditto. Uh <laughs> Jason Moss He does not care about his future With the Eskimos True or false Anybody
2: I'm not sure True, if it, uh, True. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I'm not sure one is better than the other. Uh, If he doesn't care, then why the hell would anyone uh, want to hire this guy? What kind of attitude is that to have? And if it's false, then he's a liar. So I'm not sure which is better at this point. Uh, It's probably true, but I mean... um this is one of the reasons I don't want um Jason Moss because he just has an attitude about him that I find just very distasteful. I mean, what kind of coach makes that kind of comment that he doesn't care about whether or not um he stays with he, the team? He stays with the, I just I don't get that. That why would you even make that statement? It's stupid. Because at that point, why would the why would uh, you want the coach? To, well, if you're if you're Edmonton and you're on the fence about bringing him back, well, you might as well just step off the fence. If he doesn't care if he's there or not, what do you want him there for? So that just leads me to believe by that comment, he's there is no chance he's back in Edmonton. I just Zero. think it's a stupid and ignorant comment to make. But when you say something like that. Who
3: else would want you? That's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make any sense to say something like that. Is it taken out of context?
2: Was his words well, taken his out of sake, context? I would hope so.
3: Because it 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 it's gross. It's a gross representation yeah, of yourself. Like why would you yeah, do I mean,
0: that?
2: It does. I mean. No, I don't understand why you would say something like that. Even if you didn't want to go back to Edmonton, um, why why would you say that? The the exact quote is, and he was asked once they returned from their playoff game in Hamilton, and he was asked, he specifically says, quote, I don't care about my future, so I would prefer the question not to be answered if you ask me. So it doesn't wow. look really like it was taken out of contact. Uh, maybe it was said out of frustration or something like that, but you gotta, you got to be... Well, um,
3: well, hang on here for better. a second. I'm looking at the quote now, and it says, I don't care about my future, so I'd prefer the question not to be answered if you ask me. Okay? Jason Moss doesn't care about his future with the Eskimos. That line, that is a click... line by Three Down Nation because that's not what Jason Moss says he does not care about his future with the Eskimos he did not say that he says I don't care about my future he never said that he doesn't care about his future with his wife or he doesn't care about his future with football or he doesn't care about it with the Eskimos or he doesn't care about it in the CFL That is not what that headline says. The headline says he doesn't care about Edmonton. He didn't say that.
2: That's actually true. Now that I read it again, you're right about that. That's not what he said.
3: Right? He did not say, I do not care about my future with Edmonton. He lost the game. He's pissed off. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's hurt. He's upset. And then he turns around and he says, I don't care about my future. At that point in time, he didn't care about his future. The future was not in his thought pattern. Okay? Okay, Totally out of context. This is is clickbait. You're right. This is a typical three-down-nation article. And I had to read it to to, to decide that. But it, it, it's it's pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. I I believe he's down in Edmonton. I, I I don't disagree with that in any way, shape or form. I think he's out of Edmonton. I think he should have been out of Edmonton last year. We all called for him to be fired last year, and it, it didn't happen, only because of the relationship with Trevor Harris. Do I believe Jason Moss was was there? But Rick Campbell's going to be signed in Edmonton. Jason Moss is going to be shown the door, and uh, the Edmonton Red Blacks are will be pretty close to being complete. Phil. What do you see on this one?
0: Well,
4: Jason Moss, I can tell you, gentlemen, is a competitor. I know the difference between a player who becomes a coach, a player who is a player, and a competitor on the field and a competitor off the field that's who becomes becomes coaches his competitors who were competitors on the field and can carry that competitiveness to off the field jason moss is one such character with that intensity that he had on the field, he's carried it to off the field. I used to love to hate Jason Moss and make fun of Jason Moss, but that was only my own competitiveness. I have actually come to respect Jason Moss and uh, respect his competitiveness. So he probably is done. In the Edmonton Eskimos organization, I am not sure he's going to get another CFL job right away. But the sooner he does get one, I think it is deserved. As for this actual article on Three Down Nation, yeah, that's clickbait. Hey, they got to they got to pay the bills somehow, and uh, you know, thank God they're they're doing the writing they are and and gathering up to the, the writers from around the league. Yeah, that's all I got. William. I was important?
1: curious. And that was going to be one of my first questions was where the, where did this article come from or where did the quote come from? Um, you never know. He might've been taken out of context. You know what? I think, uh, I don't think Jason Moss is a bad coach. Um, I I think he's gotten a bit of a bum rap only because he has his mental breakdowns on the sidelines. And I think the best thing for Jason Moss would be to have a change of scenery, a fresh start, a fresh, fresh, a not even necessarily as a head coach, maybe as an O.C., um, um, and and I think he will do well. And Phil is absolutely right about Jason Moss's competitiveness, because I've seen it when he was a player. I've seen it time after time after time. And uh, he's got a fire and a passion in his belly, and you can't you can't you can't doubt a guy when he's got stuff like that. But he hasn't had it happen in Edmonton, so. You never know, maybe Ottawa will give him a chance. Maybe BC will give him a chance. Maybe somebody will give him a chance. And and I think he'll do well because I, I do believe he's also a guy who learns from his mistakes. So, that's about it. Yeah. But I think he should leave I, Edmonton, so.
3: I think we're all in that consensus that it, Jason Moss's tenure in Edmonton is over. I don't know a single soul that follows the CFL would argue with me. No. I'm just pissed off that an article like this was written or a title like this was written so that you would click it to find out what he actually said. And then you read the article and he didn't say any such thing. It just pisses me off. And I actually expected a little bit more from Justin
2: Dunk than that. Articles like this are what keep, pe- keep people from t- uh, taking three down nations seriously.
3: Yeah, 100%. Okay. Makes me sick. Montreal hopes to have Kahari Jones extension soon. Well, in light of what Will told us from his CFL insider, that's not going to happen. I I'm I'm confused who wrote this article and is there any credibility to it? I know they're talking to Kahari Jones. I know Kahari Jones says that he wants to be in Montreal next year. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He was very comfortable with what happened and he wants to continue with that. So this is another three down article. And what part of it is is garbage? And if if Herb Zerkowski is uh, posting this on Twitter, that this is not earth-shattering news, but the extension for Kari Jones will get done soon, with the Owls, I'm told, I mentioned this since there continues to be speculation Jones will sign with another CFL team. Or is it that somebody else will be signed in Ottawa and Kahari will just be shown the door? I don't know. I mean, they kept this intern coaching jo- title right to the very end of the season. They never Good. changed that. Uh, I do know that during, uh, just before the playoff game or just after the playoff game, They called him Coach Jones, or it made him said something about him being the head coach, and it didn't have the intern title to it. But that was just somebody talking, and they may just have forgotten to say it.
2: Ah, I don't know.
3: I don't know. I don't. What Will says makes a lot of sense. We've been talking about Danny Machocha coming back to this league for a very long time. Did a hell of a job in Montreal. Is he going to win the Vanier Cup this year, you know? He is the favorite. Wow. I don't know. Phil, start us
4: off. Well, I didn't expect to start us off, but... um, Of course you didn't. That's why you are. (laughs) Here's my observations. If the the reports are true, that the CFL actually is turning a profit in Montreal, uh, I'm sure that... uh, they're hiring outside accounting firms that are going to confirm this. And that'll actually establish values of the team. As soon as outside uh, accounting firms get in, now you can attract money from different sources that aren't necessarily from your billion, your average billionaire owner or like bell Canada, et cetera. Um, so that it changes the game completely and it adds value to the team. Um, as far as an ownership group demanding uh, Daddy Machocha being the, uh, the head coach and general manager. Now that would be a, Le let, Quebec, Le, le Quebec, kind of thing. And, and I don't know how things work out there and that could be very possible. Uh, uh, I, you know, I love Montreal, but I don't know much about the city and how it works, uh, particularly with people with money because I don't have any. So, uh, Certainly not the money that's in that city, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so I would be more suspect. I, I don't like uh, Will's uh, rumor. I, I don't I don't I don't I, don't, I, I think it's true, but I, I don't like it happening, as it, particularly if the uh, if the CFL is actually making a profit on the team there right now. The, the board of governors in this league, I, as somebody mentioned or pointed out before. Uh, have done an incredible job of looking out for the salvation of this league and for the most part keeping people out like the greevers but uh and for that reason and the lessons learned and the uh, the leadership we have in the CFL right now uh hey, Lenny's one of our ministry, fans by the way so be be nice on picking on the greevers I like him he I like him he has some he has some great analytics and some great things to say, and I, I didn't mean really to pick on him. I just, I just meant to uh, give him a shout out, and uh, I know that seems weird how I put it, but uh, yeah, it was you a know.
3: negative shout out, Phil. That was not a good shout <laughs> That's out. Kind of, yes. Yeah.
4: It's kind of like it's like when you call your buddy a, a fag. Oops, no, you can't see that anymore. <laughs> and uh, sorry, I take that back. I take that back, and I apologize for that. Yeah, it, I, it, just...
3: hate mail to Phil Miller. Hate mail to <laughs> Phil Miller. Not CJ. Not Christopher Jones. Don't send it to me, Phil Miller.
4: Nor me. I'm, let I'm let sick of hate mail from you people. I'm sick of hate mail from you people. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. Continue. No, that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. William. I
1: Anymore I kind of like when Phil. I kind of like when Phil goes ahead of me, because no matter what I say now, I can't get into trouble. So.
3: No. No. He's done it. <laughs> he did it. He pissed off the gay community. He pissed off the Quebecois. He pissed off
1: a lot of guys uh-huh. all, all in one two uh-huh. shot. There, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Even, like that. even pissed off, even pissed off his buddy the fag. Anyway, anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> um, anyways um, you know what? I, I I I think about what I said, and and apparently. Danny Machocha wants back into the CFL, and but he also wants to be a head coach because, let's face it, you're more of a coach in, in youth sports than you ever are a general manager, okay? Yeah. And I think that's what he likes is the coaching part of it. And he's got a big-ass ego, too. He
3: wasn't that good of so, a GM, it, but he was a pretty good coach.
1: And it
2: makes sense
1: that in Montreal you have a French-speaking guy who's all about Montreal. And uh, I still think Danny Machocha is the obvious choice. And I'm just thinking, though, if Kahari goes anywhere else, anybody who's a free agent on Montreal is going to follow him like he's the Pied Piper. Because you just had to see after the loss of those guys – absolutely love Harry Jones. He's got a infectious personality and he believes in his players and he's uh...
3: Where'd Will go? Did we lose him? No, he's still online.
0: Did you lose me? Charles, you there? We've lost Charles too. Not oh, here. Hello. Will. There, Will. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yeah, we
3: lost you. I don't know what happened. you right in mid sentence.
1: Uh, um, he's got an infectious personality, and if the league wants to succeed, somebody's gotta hire Kahari Jones now because he's a great coach. And he could so, be a and the other thing about Kahari Jones, he loves the CFL and he loves Canada. Yeah. And we know why that. wouldn't you hire a guy like that? Why wouldn't you hire a guy like that?
3: Why isn't Danny Machocha uh, being talked about with the Ottawa Redblocks?
1: Because he wants to a stay couple in Montreal. People mention that. He wants to stay in Montreal. And have you ever known two Frenchmen to get along? Come on, think about it. No.
3: No, I married it, it.
1: especially with two Frenchmen—the size of Danny Machocho and the size of uh, Desjardins—in Ottawa. That's why. That's why Rick Campbell left.
2: Yeah, and especially with this past season, is anyone really? Is that? That's not exactly like a marquee job uh, that people are rushing out to get with the, the disaster that's in that team.
3: Okay. So, you don't think that he's going to go over to uh uh Ottawa. You think that he's a, it's a done deal for him going to Montreal. Wow. Okay. Charles, is that all you got to say on this or you want to speak up a little more?
2: Well, I mean, I personally think it's the resurgence of the um Alouette's this season, he was a big part of that. I think, quite frankly, that they risk um, screwing up the uh, the good uh, momentum they got from this season. Um, you look at it, like Will said, those guys love playing for Kahari Jones. I think if Kahari Jones leaves to go somewhere else, I honestly think uh, Will's right, that uh, a lot of the free agents are going to follow um, I don't think it makes sense. I, if I'm the Alouettes, I don't know why you uh, you want to get rid of him. I thought uh, he really um, um, kind of exemplified the um, he exemplified the turnaround of the Montreal Alouettes. So to me, it makes no sense to um, to get rid of him. I don't think. But I mean, if these are true, and a lot of times too, that if you have new owners come in, they want their own coach. It's just typically how it works most of the time. So uh, I think it's a bad idea. But uh, it looks like you're probably going to do it regardless. So
1: you know, Let's the, other, it, thing you about, the yep. other thing you can think about.
0: Football's a
2: business.
1: But the other thing you got to think about is Daddy Machocho is a god in Montreal. Okay.
2: Correct. So
0: Absolutely.
1: they might they might be they might good for that and why not why not spread the wealth to the CFL? Kahari Jones in any city will make that team popular automatically it's just because of his personality and the kind of guy he is yeah so and I mean I was the first guy five years ago to complain about it when he was in BC or three years ago to complain about it when he was in BC but I think he's got more I think he's got more experience now. And I, I don't think because he was under who was he under in B C? Was he under Wally?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. He was the yeah, O C under, under Wally. Uh yeah. yeah. And he was
1: uh
3: he was the quarterback coach under uh Jeff Tedford. Jeff and, Tedford uh, and and what's his right. name? The O C which is uh oh why is the name going away from me? Uh Oh, he was in
2: it was Cortez. in Strong, or in Cortez. Hamilton George Cortez. George, George Cortez George Cortez
3: right yeah so and I think George Cortez and Kahari Jones make a fabulous pair okay they are they are the reason the Saskatchewan Rough Riders won the 2013 uh, Grey Cup okay they are, George Cortez and Kahari Jones made Darian Durant a quarterback for that year and they built a, a an offense that worked away from his faults and Darian Durant's faults were throwing the ball so they ran it and they just happened and to if, have Corey Sheets there
1: right and if you want to if you want to take that one step further um i think uh, George Cortez and and Kahari Jones make quarterbacks better 'Cause look what he did look what he did with with, with uh, Vernon Adams this year. I mean Vernon Adams had all the tools, but nobody got it out of him like Kahari Jones did. And I, I think it's really important and I hate to I hate to go to the Stampeders, but let's face it, Dave Dickinson, John Huffnagel have made quarterbacks great in Calgary.
3: I've said right from the beginning I would not be offended by Kahari Jones coming back to BC as the head coach.
1: No, no,
3: I wouldn't either. I would not be offended.
1: And it might give that team the boost they need. Not that, not that Mike Riley needs a quarterback coach. Let's face it, because he's Mike Riley. But
3: no, but he he needs an offense that's built by a quarterback. And Jarius Jackson never was a quarterback.
2: Nope.
1: Wasn't he? What was he?
2: Well,
0: he was. But all right, I'm going to step
4: oh. in here because uh, I don't know who brought up Jarius Jackson, but I've been writing this conversation, uh, trying to uh, bring in the name of Jarius Jackson. Uh, Why? I, I think I think he's one of the most underrated, and maybe I'm starting to feel that way because of what I've heard from this panel, maybe this this year, but. Uh, if you look at what Jarius Jackson did in Saskatchewan as a quarterback. You can coach,
3: have him back.
4: Well, we you take him back we, right now. We gave up something. We give up something you, you, in a quarterback's coaching situation. Take, However, in 2019, the American, we, we, we end up uh, hiring a highly talented American because that's Chris Jones way rather than keeping a, a, a CFL veteran. Um, and, and sorry, uh, uh, he was a first-round NFL draft choice. Uh, Walsh is our is our quarterbacks coach now. And in Walsh's first year, he admittedly struggled, and the, and the staff admittedly uh, said that we may have been better off in the first half of the season with Jarius Jackson. Uh, Jarius Jackson, uh, uh, he has a he has a personality that works very well in the quarterback's room. He's a, he has a personality that works very well with, uh, with coaching staffs. And, uh, however, if that, there's truth of what, of the Deron Carter effect on the coaching staff, of The BC lions in 2019, like I think Christopher mentioned earlier in the show that I, I, I laughed at that. I had to stay off for a while. I was laughing so hard. Um, that, that is interesting, and no wonder Mr. Braley has stepped in. And, and Mr. Braley is uh, uh, older than my father, and m- my father would have stepped in a long time ago <laughs> if that rumor had, had been around. <laughs> I know, that's all I got I'm Boring, you guys, again.
3: Time to move on. It's starting to depress me. <laughs> <laughs> Great cup coaches have close parallels throughout their careers. So what? Orlando Steinauer and Michael O'Shea. One played for Hamilton, one played for Toronto.
4: And, uh, and uh, two more coaches, head coaches also, We're on that 2012 uh, Toronto Argonauts coaching staff. Can you guess who they are? Jason Moss
2: was one of them.
4: And Chris Jones. And the
2: other one was Chris Jones, yeah.
4: And I I forget the head coach's name again, but Adam – no, I almost said Adam. Scott Milanovic. No, was it? Sorry. It was Scott Milanovic. Okay, yes. Well, and the general manager was, um, that's thats who I was trying to think of, uh, remarkable. I never thought much of that man we, with a very soft voice. Um, I, I never, because his, uh, his, uh, the way he came on with the media, just Jim didn't Barker. impress me. Jim Barker, yeah. And uh, so, you know, Jim Mark, Barker could be considered the father of uh, today's current CFL coaching situation. Isn't that something?
2: Yeah. And one another interesting fact, um, uh, Michael Shea and Orlando Steinauer were once traded for each other.
4: Yeah, that's crazy, eh? I, I have and some uh, the- uh, pretty cool uh, uh, Roy Shevers, Michael Shea story that I can't talk about on the air that a, a former writer uh, told me about. Uh, we'll have to talk about some days, someday, if you guys can remind me. Okay.
3: It, it, William, you want to talk about these coaches or –
1: I don't see the point,
3: but – Go ahead. Somebody might have something interesting to say.
1: You know what? They 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 played together. Um, apparently, they were labeled right away as eventually to be coaches. Um, they played together. They've coached together. They've done all kinds of things together. So, and uh, you can see, I watched the press conference today of the head coach interviews and you can tell in their eyes they want to beat each other so bad it's not funny because there is that competitive edge that both of them have. So that's kind of a neat story. But, yeah, other than that, I have nothing to say. Mm
2: -hmm. Now I saw something else today. I don't know where I saw it, but apparently both of their first, CFL training camps for both of them, uh, I believe, within 1996 with the BC Lions. Neither one of them stuck, but they were both with the Lions in training camp. And it was both of their – I read that on Twitter today, but I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to find that. Yes, I know
3: someone posted it, but – well, they would have to have signed a contract with the BC Lions to be in training camp, and that should show up in their career history. And it, I'm on Orlando Steinauer's right now, and it's certainly not. I mean, if you look at Kevin Glenn, he was in Toronto for a cup of coffee. He wasn't even there mm-hmm. for a training camp, and he, he's got Toronto listed as... It was a me.
4: Yeah, but 1996, uh, the internet was particularly with the CFL, was still a dark web. Uh, CFL was ahead of most, uh, most leagues uh, in keeping up because the NFL, I think, gifted them some software. And uh, then they lost the data around 2000 and then updated like 1998 plus. And so we lost uh, about three or four years of real accurate uh, data that's never been added to the database.
3: Yeah, but this we're talking about a Wikipedia thing here, right? So, yeah, yeah, it would be there. I mean, Michael Shea started yeah. his career in Hamilton in '93. Orlando didn't start until '96.
1: Okay, and Wikipedia then, okay.
4: is actually deadly what I read. Methods. Obviously,
2: was not true then.
1: And no, no, and I think you were accurate, Charles. But the thing you, 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 I think you were wrong about the team, Charles. Was it, was it they wrong? were, they were with the Detroit Hamilton. Lions. They were oh, with the,
0: the Detroit, Detroit
1: Lions. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, in nineteen ninety, in nineteen ninety-six, neither one of them made the team. Oh, okay. Did I? And I was I, Orlando's. I, it was Orlando's rookie season, apparently. Right. Okay. And Michael so Shane had been I saw Lions and
2: just jumped to the okay Detroit Lions. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. That that yeah. makes sense to me. I it it's not
0: easier the the
3: for for Steinauer that he was with the Detroit Lions, but it is with Michael Shea. Michael Shea was the, in, other thing in is,
1: the other thing is the Toronto Argonauts, I do believe if I got this right from the press conference today, traded Michael Shea to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for Orlando, Orlando Steinhauer. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So and they asked uh, him who got the best who got the best of that trade and Orlando Steinhauer said Hamilton. So <laughs> was o- O'Che was
3: acquired by Hamilton in the trade from Toronto in exchange for running back Eric LaPointe and the right of first refusal on all offensive linemen and the playing rights to Orlando Steinauer.
1: There you go.
4: Wow, that's a lot for a uh, American defensive back. On the surface, who?
3: Michael Shay? Or, or no. Orlando Steinhardt?
4: So, they, they paid a lot for Orlando Steinhardt, wouldn't no. you say? In today's CFL? No, so you got that who, wrong. Who no, no, you got it backwards, bro. Yeah. They
3: paid a oh, lot sorry. for Michael Shay.
4: Oh, I'm sorry, I had the other way around. Uh, I thought all yeah, the other no. options went they, the other way.
3: Yeah, they got Michael O'Shea. Hamilton got Michael O'Shea and gave up Eric LaPointe, Orlando Steinauer, and first right of refusal on all offensive linemen.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 they paid a lot for him. No, but a starting Canadian middle linebacker that likes we had not seen maybe ever in the CFL And this was shortly after the CFL dropped From 12 Canadian starters To 7 Canadian starters And the value of a, of a Mike O'Shea At that time Was you know, incredible Incredible And that's probably why he's coaching today Because he, he, he earned a comfortable living He didn't stress himself out when he was younger He still got some hair left On, the, on his fucking head to, to be able to coach today And take the stress he can today In his middle age Well, well,
3: I mean, there there's been some nice starting Canadian middle linebackers out there. Kelly Lockbaum in BC was one of them, mm-hmm. and he was but, in af, after Michael Shea.
4: Wow. Yeah, but did he did he have the career as as long? I I, I don't know. I think he certainly didn't have the Toronto media pumping him up like Toronto media did with Michael Shea.
3: No, but it's couple of Grey Cup rings that Michael Shea doesn't. Ouch. With BC and Calgary. Yep.
4: I hope Michael Shea doesn't listen to this show.
1: I hope he does. He doesn't. He doesn't. But that's he
4: besides doesn't. the point.
1: He doesn't listen to. He doesn't listen to anybody's show. No. Well,
3: he doesn't even listen Probably to himself. Not.
1: No, because he's got to watch the tape before he can listen to himself. But there is exactly. no tape for the podcast, so he can't talk. Well, yeah.
0: But <laughs> if you
1: guys if you guys didn't listen to Mike O'Shea and Orlando Steinhauer's um, coach's uh, thing today, you should listen to Mike O'Shea's answer to the sex question.
3: Oh, should, should a player have sex before the Grey Cup?
1: Yeah, that is correct. It was pretty funny.
3: Yeah, Are you it's gonna go, just just share with the audience because I'm not
4: gonna go listen.
1: I can't remember. Okay. Was, I go
4: listen every year. I, I didn't realize they asked it for that many years. Every year. And I went year. back last year and, and started listening to some of the old ones. Oh, they're they're good. And and I uh, I look forward. Thank you. Thanks for that, Will.
1: Yeah, it was it was amusing. Orlando basically, Orlando said. Uh, you should do what got you there, okay? So you can take that for whatever you, way you want to. Um, and I'm looking for O'Shea's answer because it was funny.
4: Nowadays, that's a standard answer. Back in 1991, or approximately, when it was first first put out by a coach, it was hilarious. It was front-page news.
1: Yeah, there was one sports reporter who used to ask that every year. Every year, I do believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
4: it's good. That's uh, another CFL tradition. We've got so many with Grey Cup, and, and might as well. Wonderful. Okay. I want to do John a shout Hodge. out to some of the. I want to do a shout out? We're sorry on that on that subject. I want to do a shout out to some of the people coming into uh, Calgary for Grey Cup who are here every year. And I'm going to start on the East Coast. I'll start at the right this time. The, the, the uh, Calgary Schooners Fab, fan club will be here. And they've got their own, uh, their own setup. You can visit their room. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I've never been. But uh, every team has got, has got their festivities going on. With schedules, you can check them out. Um, I have uh, uh, friends that I don't, I've never met before coming in with Ryder Fans Unite. Uh, they got a schedule. You can check it out in their, on their Facebook page. Sorry for seeing another Facebook page on this site. And uh, also on um, Let's Talk CFL, there's uh, lots of hookups there for people coming into town and uh, checking out Grey Cup this weekend. So uh, have a look around. Um, if, you're, if you can make it to Calgary, there's lots of festivities going on. You, you meet up with lots of friends that you may know and maybe some that you, you don't. If and you guys are club. in
3: Calgary, Calgary for the Grey Cup this year, hunt down the Baltimore Stallions fan club. Because yes. these guys will have a party.
4: That's okay. what I to say.
1: Okay. I've got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this and quote it to you guys. This is funny. Are you ready? Okay. So, so Mike O'Shea said, so there's going to be some nerves And the expectations are very high. And the anticipation can sometimes ruin the event. So I guess my guidance to the players would be, don't exhaust yourself in warm-up. O'Shea finished as the room broke out in laughter.
4: (laughs) (laughs) O'Shea finished?
1: (laughs) Yeah. There you go. But
4: that, that was in the story. O'Shea finished.
1: Well, no. O'Shea, <laughs> but O'Shea finished. It. The room broke Maybe up. it was. Who knows? The room broke up. Because it makes broke it sound like happy,
4: happy finish. <laughs> but yeah. that's awesome. Well done, so, in man. other
1: words, he said, don't blow your load in the warm up, okay? Because <laughs> there's more yeah. things coming. So, it was quite an original answer.
3: Yeah. Okay. Let We got about 10 minutes left, and Let's deal with it. Uh, John Hodge of Three Down Nation says Eric Tillman being hired by the Alouettes would be a lazy hire. Do we agree? He's not being hired yeah. by the Montreal Alouettes. No. Nope. Why would you even think this? Go away. Would it be a lazy hire? Yes, it would be a lazy hire. Okay. Anybody want to jump on? Come on. Somebody.
0: help yeah, me out it's lazy hire. Hard.
4: I'll jump on as as filming the lazy uh,
1: hire. I,
4: okay. I Somebody I, say I something? think uh, Will and I need to talk about this cuz he uh he says it's a lazy hire. I I agree with Will on the surface. However, sometimes a lazy hire is actually the best hire. When you look at Eric Tillman's record in the Canadian Football League and his, uh, his record of working with the CFL, with the Board of Governors, um, he first, I believe, his first involvement with the CFL was as a liaison for the NFL. This guy fell in love with this league. We fell in love with his contacts, his, his respect for the league. Um, I can't say enough good about Eric Tillman. The, I, 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 you know, there, there's skeletons in his closet, but we're not going to talk you're, about you're those. One on of, this you're one of you're
3: one of the few people that likes
1: him.
4: <laughs> I, I, I have a tremendous he amount a word of for Saskatchewan.
1: Once upon a time,
4: he did. I have a tremendous amount of respect for his football acumen. He worked in Saskatchewan until he grabbed me by the belt loops.
2: That's where he got into some issues, I believe, is when he was working yeah. in
4: Saskatchewan. Yeah. It started with back pain. But uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, Eric Tillman mm-hmm. has proven time and time again his abilities to build a franchise. Just look at the trail he's left around the CFL. Well,
2: I go back to when his first GM's job, which was here in BC, and he took a great cup... Ch- or a, he took a three and fifteen team and turned him into a Grey Cup champion in two years.
3: Oh yeah, ultimate respect for for Eric Tillman yep.
2: and his village. He
3: he did a wonderful job, no doubt about it. And I've said that all along. Okay, I just think that this is not the place for him to be.
2: No, I agree.
4: I, wh- why? Why do you say that, Christopher? Why do I
3: say that? Because he doesn't fit into the French mode in, in in Montreal. What they need right now is not Eric Tillman. Okay, I deal deal well with the media there. I don't think he would deal deal well with the public there. I don't think that this is the proper thing for the Montreal Alouettes when they are in a fragile state, which they are, they're without an owner, they are without a GM, they're possibly with a coach. We don't know what's going on. I don't believe that Eric Tillman is the man to go into that situation and change it and rectify it.
4: I agree that it's difficult for an English speaking general manager to go into that market and do well, but fuck, have a look at Eric Tillman. He's like the non-French speaking Howdy doody like, Who? What's not to like? They're they're gonna. I I believe they're gonna. I don't like Andrew it. shear either. Yeah, well, he, and he he's like nothing. He doesn't English look nothing like They're gonna love this guy. They're gonna love this guy. They're gonna go. Oh, sorry, we didn't vote for Shear, but. Look, we like this other the other English speaking guy. He's okay. He's okay.
2: No. No, I don't think that's I'm not what's I'm happen. not sure that's how it works. Not in mm-hmm. Montreal. You're probably, you're
4: not Montreal. Right, Charles. Yeah, you're probably right. Montreal probably is very right.
2: particular. I love Montreal.
3: Well, you can have it. And when you're back to say hi to my in-laws, because I won't.
2: Yeah,
1: Phil, don't go down that road, Phil, because I know what you did in Montreal. Don't go there.
3: (laughs) Okay, enough of this bullshit. Uh, CFL playoff rating is the highest in recent years. Is this a sign that the CFL popularity is still strong? Of course, because I, did, I didn't know that it would, was bad. Did you? Yeah, no. I, I, the, CFL, the CFL games were more popular than the final game of the MLS. And then there was the playoff game. Yes, I'm all about it. CFL was wonderful. Oh, I blew that one. Okay. Charles, go ahead.
2: Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a, a, a good um, uh, sign for the CFL. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, well, it was Saskatchewan playing," but that's a rating from all over the country. Um, it was a good game. It was a rivalry game. Uh, the hype going into it was outstanding. Uh, I think most people listening to the hype were would get into it. So yeah, I think this is a very strong sign for the CFL. Okay.
1: William? I, I think uh, the CFL is most popular now because of all the excellent commentary <laughs> on Let's Talk CFL podcast, okay?
2: Hey, I would agree and, with that. Can we give
0: yeah, people argue new
1: insights. We give people new insights to the CFL. It makes it exciting.
3: Yeah, it makes sense to me. I'm I'm all over that one.
1: All five listeners.
3: No, there's 23.
4: Yeah. Well, polling has proven that that is actually where the increase in TV ratings has come from. Yeah. However. It would, the, uh, let's face it, we beat MLS out, NFL out. Um, I believe we also beat them out in Southern Ontario market, which was really key and, and very interesting. And let's face it, the, uh, the CFL is still a hot commodity. And I, I made some uh, tongue-in-cheek remarks on Facebook pages the last, a couple of days ago about that saying that after the firing of Don Cherry, uh the uh SportsNet is is grasping at straws and will definitely be in on the next uh uh CFL television contract. And I had I don't know how many dozens of people on different sites tell me, oh, the C F L re upped their contract this year, but uh nobody caught my subtle tongue in cheek about that. But it will I will predict right here and now that it may come to that one when that contract is due. That's all I got.
1: Hey, you know what? Don Cherry likes all things Canadian. Let's
4: make Don Cherry the commissioner of the CFL. Hey, I'm all over that one.
0: That
3: one works for me.
4: I'm all over him being a spokesman for the CFL, but you know how the left would attack certain things and, and, and victimize the CFL. So uh, it's, it's. I think you'd have to tread carefully with that one.
3: Okay, I gotta shut this show down because it's time, guys. We've had so much fun that it's. It, we've just completely run out of time, with only one game to preview. How is that possible? Well, it is. Uh, this has been Let's Talk you CFL did. podcast episode number 414. I've been your host Christopher Jones. It's playoff time. No, it's Grey Cup time. The Grey Cup show is on. The Grey Cup is on this Sunday afternoon. Uh, watch it. It's the last time you can watch Canadian football until June of next year, of 2020. Oh my good lord! Can you believe that? Charles, say goodnight to the fans.
2: Good night, folks. Enjoy the Grey Cup. We will talk to you after. I don't know if it'll be Monday or Sunday, or we'll figure it out, but we will be talking to you after the Grey Cup.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're going to do it Sunday night. It doesn't make sense. We'll probably do yeah, it Monday night. Yeah, I agree.
2: Night. Yep.
3: Okay, this is just going to be too much emotion, is going to be on there. It's going to be too much alcohol as a factor, except for myself. And, uh, you know, so be it. Um, Phil, close off the show there.
4: Good night, everyone. Enjoy the Grey Cup.
1: Okay, Sorry William, for being talk to away. me. then everybody, enjoy the Great Cup, and go Elves. Go Elves!